This is the Strategic Hot Box Reel with Dr. Brandy Love Stankovic. Remixing your favorite episodes and moments and giving you the tools to achieve greatness. It's time to kick some ass. back to the Strategic Hotbox. Excited to have you here with us today. We have an incredible episode that we're about to dive into. As you know, it's your girl, Brandy Stankovic. I'm a motivational speaker, executive coach, strategic thinker, and avid volunteer, which will really lead us into our discussion today with the wonderful and beautiful Carly Wund, which we'll learn about here more in just a second. And today's episode is How to Fundraise for Success. Volunteer to the top about philanthropy and leadership and we are going to talk today about giving is everything let's get started um as you know we've been doing this podcast for a while now and i was in a taxi uh literally this weekend in mexico city and i was having a conversation with the taxi driver and he's like what is this podcast what are you up to why are you doing what you're doing and i really framed it in the reference of the learn love and kick ass and and as you know those are the segments and really because that's what it's all about to me i'm forever a learner forever ravenous for more, wanting to improve, wanting to be better. And that's how it plays into the learn section. And then in the love section, I think that this is so important because business is all about relationships. It's all about who you know, more importantly, who knows you and what you do about those relationships, how you nurture them, how you create them, how you take them from one level to the next. Um, An example of that, Carly and I, like I said, that we'll get to know here in just a minute, we went to college together and now we've been able to work together in a different front here many years later. And that's what it's all about, relationships and love. And then finally, of course, we have the kick ass. Because honestly, all of this is just a bunch of, it's just a good time until you get out and actually do something about it, right? Got to get out there and kick some ass. Execution is everything. Um, And really, when it comes to podcasts, we want to deliver education in an authentic way. And what I mean by that is sometimes get a little edgy, sometimes deliver it in a a way that, that isn't normal, because that's life from my perspective. We go into the classroom or we go into some academia or some different institutions and things are so formal, like this is what we're supposed to be learning and how we're supposed to do things. And in reality, life just isn't like that. It's messy. It includes cuss words. It's a little bit more direct. And I'm going to ask you to get up off your ass and make things happen because that's really what makes a difference in a leader's life. Our conversation today is about volunteering to the top. And what I mean by that is two different sides. Volunteer to the top through volunteering from a philanthropic standpoint or charity, but also also volunteering from the top from a get off your ass and realize that you can't always just get paid for everything that you do standpoint, right? And what I mean by that is I was having a conversation with a good friend um, just the other night about entrepreneurship. And he said that you aren't an entrepreneur until that you, till you've risked everything, till you've gone out and you've sacrificed it all. Said you aren't ready to be a leader until you've given yourself completely. And there's something to that. I say until you volunteered your time, your energy, your money, whatever it takes, then you really aren't extending yourself. You aren't really giving yourself completely. And until you do that, you really aren't a leader, right? And so I think that that becomes part of the leadership journey. And it certainly has been a big part of mine. 
And I am working with a vendor or business partner now who has just recently created their business. And we're going through a lot of the growing pains with them. And one of the things that I'm finding is that there's like this expectation that their clout is going to pull them through. And one of the things that I I know is going to come back to bite them in the ass is the fact that it really isn't going to. You have to earn certain things. But I'm allowing them, in a sense, to experience some of that. You have to work for free. If somebody asks you to do something, say yes. Volunteer. Go for it. Be the person that says yes. Offer your services for free. Do it. Earn it. Be there. Because then eventually you're going to have that reputation and clout to say that you can easily charge for it because people know you're worth it. So when it comes to philanthropy and leadership, what's philanthropy? And and as I mentioned, what how is it different than charity? Steve Gunderson, who's the former CEO and president of the Council of Foundations, has described the distinction as... Charity is short-term or tends to be short-term, emotional and an immediate response, focused primarily on rescue and relief, where philanthropy is much more of a long-term strategic uh, approach and it's focused on rebuilding. So when it comes to uh, a charity, it's kind of a give out based on an immediate response to something. And philanthropy is how you help someone to support them in the future if we go to the parable of the man fishing right so i would imagine that charity is really giving a man a fish where philanthropy is more teaching the man to fish and one of goodwill's favorite sayings is that charity can be a vital handout in someone in need but philanthropy is the hand up that allows individuals to find lasting success Charity can be a necessity always to addressing more immediate concerns, but really we want to get to the root of the problem and figure out why people are the way that they are. And I've mentioned before on the podcast that I work with Emergency Aid of Southern Nevada, and at Emergency Aid, they do give relief, they do give charity to people in need. So if someone needs an emergency rent or they need to have their bills paid or they need food in the food pantry, they have those services there available to uh, the, their members. Um, however, one of the ways that they're trying to build in philanthropy is we recently started that financial uh, literacy program in teaching the people there how to better manage their money and how to better understand how they've gotten into the situations that they've gotten in. Now, some are due to tragedy. Some are due to situations out of their control. But what do they do now? How do they- but what does it mean to truly give? I think that answer is subjective and for every person is a little bit different. Some people give their time and some people give money. And it always depends on that emotional connection that people have to the cause. I think that today being socially conscious or supporting the socially responsible organization is or being active in that is is become the norm in fact it's moved from like hipster to to just normal right no longer is it is like a hipster mustache type thing it is something that that most people are doing and because consumers love it it creates loyalty it is something that all of us that 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 feel something for inside our guts the number of nonprofits do continue to increase and the needs of individuals community and tragedies, unfortunately, also is ever increasing. So sometimes as an end consumer, as an end person, as a human, it's hard to know where to focus or who to support, or if you wanted to, how to get involved and where we should do that. And some of the fundraiser champions out there, for those of you that are in that role, it's hard to engage people in that charge. Getting them to take action a lot of time requires more than just a phone call 
like the good old days, right? Or more than just a website, like build it and they will come. No, right? We have, we've got to be able to engage people and what does that look like? And it really is about that emotional connection. <laughs> so what role does storytelling play then? Storytelling is so important because it puts your donor, your fundraiser, the person who you are reaching out to in the position to feel like they can help mm. because everyone Ooh, wants to good. help someone, right? Uh -huh. They, You want to feel like you've done something good. Like it, it makes you feel good to help people. And right. through storytelling, you can really get there. You can pull on their emotions and you can, you can let them know what it feels like to be in that situation. Mm -hmm. Cause maybe, maybe I've never been a firefighter battling cancer or, right. you know, I don't have a child who has, um, cerebral palsy or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it is to live that way sure. and to be able to storytell and get them into that moment. And that's mm -hmm. when they're moved to donate is when they feel connected to to the person. In the I story. absolutely love that. And that, and what the way that you're describing and articulating now plays into what I was saying with the University of Nevada too. And the way the students absolutely. are like, they make you feel like you're a part of the university again, or a part of the continuation of the university. Wonderful. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I've um, been lucky enough to be your quote unquote volunteer manager for mm -hmm. in these major events for the last few years. And the black and white party is probably one of the most fun and spectacular events. And I know the volunteers love to be involved in the entertainment because you have entertainers from all over the strip, all the strip shows and things that yeah. come to the show that part that participate and they volunteer their time to be there as well. Right. Yeah. What's awesome about this is that the whole, the whole event is put together by people that really just want to be a part of the party mm -hmm. for all the right reasons, right? The entertainers donate their time. Even if, even if there's people like our sponsors, right? They come in and they volunteer to give us their magazine ads and all mm -hmm. of that stuff. So it's not necessarily like always hands-on, but the important thing is that if you have a talent, whatever that talent might be, mm -hmm. if you can give that talent. Mm -hmm. So some people always think it's like you're in the trenches or hands-on mm -hmm. with the clients. Right. It's not. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's if you're a singer, mm -hmm. sing. Right. If you're a dancer, dance. Mm -hmm. If you're a tech person, help us with tech. If you're lighting, sound. All of that goes into it. So. If, you, if you're a doctor, if you have a, a business, give us a silent auction yes, uh, item, item. Mm -hmm. and and it makes you part of this fantastic event that Garrett yes. is describing. Yes, and it also makes you feel like you're you're engaging in the community that you care about. Absolutely, and I think Anioka, you brought up a really good point that volunteering is both sides of it. It's time, and it could be money, and whatever a person has to give, they can. Right. In any organization. So what does philanthropy like mean to you? What's you know, what's that difference to you? So I have never heard the distinction between philanthropy and charity the way um, you introduced the show. And I thought that was very interesting. I actually heard somebody say to me this morning, somebody that I was talking to, a, a woman who is incredibly philanthropic. She said that philanthropy, she sees philanthropy in three different ways. And I'm going to adopt it right now. Her, her saying, she sees philanthropy of the brain. So she wrote a book and she has made it available um, to whoever needs it in the form of an ebook. She has also given a ton of her time um, sitting on boards, volunteering, um, planning events, chairing events. So that's the giving of her time, philanthropy of her time and her skill set. And then she's also, of course, um, philanthropy, very generous in her, or her finance, finances too. So she gives mm -hmm. of her money. And I think that philanthropy can be so broadly defined. Anything that you can give, any time that you have, 
to give any money that you have to give you will you are a philanthropist yeah absolutely especially in in serving other people that you know that you're passionate about or that's right um i work with a lot of people who are doing incredible work, um, for example, feeding homeless people or volunteering at a hospitality house, putting lunches together for families who have people in the hospital. And they're doing incredible work. And it's such a shame because they don't see themselves as philanthropists, but they are incredible philanthropists. And so I'm trying to uh, get them to see that. And I also think that as women, women tend to be so humble. So we have all these women doing incredible, remarkable things and they're going, Oh, I'm not really doing that much, but really they truly are. Um, and especially people who have limited means or, or don't have the, the means to really donate, you know, much money, mm-hmm. uh, the giving of your time and even mentoring philanthropy comes in so many different forms. Taking the time to talk to somebody I think is philanthropic. Mm-hmm. I teach my children who are almost 11 and 12 years old, um, to, to be philanthropists any way they can. Mm. If that means they're going to write a nice letter to somebody and give it to them because they're having a bad day, that changes lives. And history. That's really interesting. So history probably supports storytelling in, in yeah. what you do. Yeah. hundred percent. There's a lot of storytelling in history. Yeah. I mean, history to me is all about how do you make a connection? How do you connect the past? How do you make the past relevant to the present and mm-hmm. to the future? And how can a community leverage history to continue to grow to improve the quality of life for the people that live there. Yeah. I think that's um, all the way down to the, to the individual. I do have a funny story that happened. Um, I was going to, I went to a donor's home. Uh-huh. I was invited to her home. Very wealthy woman that lives in Rancho San Fe, you know, very nice, nice area of uh-huh. San Diego. And I went to her home and um, I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I was very nervous and cause it was just her and I, And so I'm there at her home and she starts saying she was very friendly with me and very open, which was great. We were having a great connection, great conversation. And she starts talking about this award that she wants to show me. So we're in her living room and then she pulls me into her office and she's trying to look and dig for this award and everything. So we're in her office and then she goes, you know what? Oh, there. And the things that she's throwing around is photos of like her and the first lady and, you know, all these things. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Okay. This is what I'm dealing with right now. And so then she grabs my hand, and she pulls me into her closet and she had the award saying in her closet, but I'm sitting here looking around at shoes and purses and all of this. And I'm like, play, like, play it cool, Carly. You've been here before. Like, right, did you, you get a little fangirl on well, this woman at this just, time? So then I was like, oh, I really like your Louis or whatever, right, you yeah. know? And then she takes this Cartier bracelet that has a gold screwdriver that you have to use to put it. And she starts putting her jewelry and stuff on me. On you? On me. Oh my and goodness. I, I was like, stuff that I will never see in my lifetime ever. Right. Well, I got to see it, but I will definitely never own that jewelry or anything. Right. But, um, and I think the moral of that story is just be ready for anything. Anything. And just roll with the punches. I definitely, Did when you I showed up. Did you slip the Cartier into no. <laughs> no. Just joking. I mean, no, no be honest. We can't <laughs> right. you know, you can ask for the Cartier, but you don't just take it. Right, right. But, um, so with all of these volunteer opportunities, all the different levels and the ways that people get involved at your organization, how does that make somebody a better leader well um when you surround yourself with other people of the like mindset right Mm -hmm. it's kind of innately happens that you are surrounded by people that want to lift you up and if you're around that environment it's just natural that you're going to be surrounded by caring loving others 
And that's really who we want to be around in life, right? Because that's what brings you to the top. It so really you're building does. relationships mm-hmm. with other leaders that are going after mm-hmm. passionate things and, yeah. and, and building each other. Any other could you add to that? But the power, I think, is all, lies on they come to you, let's say, for free mm-hmm. because they want to give you something. Mm-hmm. And that is a great opportunity that you don't always have as a business owner or mm-hmm. as a director. Mm-hmm. And so you want to be able to see what skills, what talents they have. And it's an honor for them to bring it to you. And you want to be able to cultivate that and let it expand. Sure. And when you expand it, they themselves get very surprised as to how far they can get. Mm -hmm. And they begin to see the leadership skills that uh, they probably don't see. Mm -hmm. And you empower them and shape their skills. And, you know, I have to surround myself with people that are much more smarter than me. (laughs) <laughs> otherwise I will not be able to continue the organization according to mm-hmm. how I have it and so was is there a tipping point you do you find it because uh, the World Wide Foundation has many programs throughout the years beyond the two that you've highlighted but is there tipping point moments or maybe in other experiences you've had where someone then does take action and give yeah absolutely when you get when you get, and I'll, I'll use two examples, when you get a, what I call a major donor, a major gift contribution, mm-hmm. and you know that, you know immediately that, that those funds are going to, are going to be able to transform a particular initiative of a program or, or evolve a program to the next level that is ultimately going to affect positively a certain number of individuals or communities around the world. I think that's a powerful piece. I think the other piece that's maybe a little bit unknown or unseen is when you get a lot of, a large quantity of very what we tend to call, I mean, every, every dollar matters, right? Absolutely. Literally. Uh But when you get a smaller dollar amount contribution from an individual and those, those stack up to equate to a much, a large sum of support that then equates to the the same amount of impact. I think there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of gratitude and there's a lot of, um, there's a speciality to that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the, the, the culmination, the synergy that's created of the every dollar piece. So there's uh, cooperativism in that. The other side of it is also, I think there's sometimes a moment of competitiveness that can happen. That's a really positive spirit that can occur Mm -hmm. in event driven donor environments. And I, I like that that can happen too, especially if people have the means to be able to support, to be able to, to have some recognition with it. And then at the end of the the day, it's supporting a really positive, uh, you know, program or cause, you know, a new value proposition that the foundation has, has, has used as a platform to speak, to storytell, to donors, individuals, institutions, QSOs, whomever within the credit union space is really the, the head and the heart hypothesis mm. you know credit unions have a heart right they have people helping people you know living the, the cooperative values of concern for community and forwarding the movement but then there's also that heart side is how can this time talent treasure how can if i leverage this to support something that the foundation is doing how is it going to help grow my initiative how is it going to help grow my credit union or help me reach my members or develop my staff so the foundation is really pivoting towards a really balanced approach mm-hmm. in terms of, hey, we're, we're always going to be about forwarding credit unions and helping members through credit unions. But we also need to, I think there's also a, another piece where we have to offer a, a global engagement menu where credit unions are and, and donors and QSOs and individuals are feeling like if they're going to invest in us, we're going to also, we also have things on the menu that we can invest in them too. 
Oh, approach. that's neat. Yeah. yeah, so it's a it's a mutual beneficial relationship. Right. right. It's not it's not pure 100% philanthropy. It, it's definitely it is very much a blend of philanthropy and also value proposition. Oh. So yeah. what's your other unexpected learning? This one's actually quite funny, if I may share this. Um, my my son, about three seasons ago, my 12-year-old son, three seasons ago, wouldn't have been 12, but he wanted to play flag football. Mm-hmm. And so I signed him up and they said, sure, he can totally be on a team if you can find a coach for him. And I thought, oh, that'll be easy. I called everybody that I knew. And I know a couple of former NFL players here from San Diego. And everyone said, no, they all turned me down. So my son really wanted to play football. So I decided to coach a team. Well, naturally. (laughs) Right, that's what you do. So I started coaching this team and it's been, I'm three seasons in now and it's been the most incredible experience. I don't think only for me, but I think for the other coaches who have to kind of be more thoughtful about what they're saying about throwing like a girl, for example, Mm. or um, when the boys, my boys, last, just last week, one of our boys who are new to the team said, we're playing that team, a team of all girls. Uh, he said, we're totally going to win. And I said, why have you seen them practice? And the rest of the boys who've been on my team before went, Ooh, you can't say that. So they are all <laughs> like, it's like these like life lessons that are happening with this football team. Mm-hmm. I'm watching the refs figure out, Oh, she's the coach. Oh, okay. So I'll talk to her instead of the man sitting next to me, who is not the coach of my team. Mm -hmm. So it's been a really great learning experience, I think, for so many people that are involved. So that's been a lot of fun, too. Oh, awesome. (laughs) That's cool. And now the NFL players are probably going to be calling you to teach their (laughs) Their kids. (laughs) So can you share with us a bold action or something that people can start doing differently today? Don't be afraid to be the first. I find that it's so it's so scary sometimes to be the first one to uh, change something, to follow through on their really cool idea that they have, to speak out if they see something that they that needs to be said, uh, to be the first woman flag football coach in this league. I mean, don't be afraid to be the first person. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an idea that you're passionate about go with it, run with it. If you see an injustice and you need to stand up for somebody, stand up. If you need to stand up for yourself, stand up. Don't yeah. be afraid to be the first. Yeah, don't be afraid to be the first. I love it. Um, so give us an action item or a takeaway. Leave the listeners or the viewers with one thing that they can start doing differently today. Uh, start doing differently for fundraising? Yeah, or? just in, in and down this realm, some lesson that you've learned or action just item. love what you do. If you don't love your job or your what you're doing, don't do it. It's not worth your time. You only it's live not, once. Yeah. You only live once. And it's just, I love my job. I love what I do. I had such an emotional day yesterday at Firefighter with Cancer, like all these things I saw and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I cried, I laughed, I had a hard day, I had a good day, but just love with you, what you do and have it be part of your passion. And if it's not, go do something else mm-hmm. because it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And you're just wasting your time if you don't love to do it. So one bold action item or takeaway. Uh, Just continue to uh, continue to inspire, to continue to have empathy for individuals. Um, Always be grateful, um, you know, both in work and in life. I think those are I think those are foundational bedrock principles that we all should be living by. Let's head out to our shout out. Hi, Brandy. It's Jacob from the Vienna Boys Choir. Hi, Brandy.
G'day everyone, uh, I'm Hans. I'm Nikki. And uh, we're in downtown Melbourne, Australia, and uh, we just wanted to say you're listening to Randy Stankovic on the Strategic Hotbox. So uh, enjoy, just got some great stuff. Uh, see you around. Enjoy. Bye. Hey everyone, I'm Javi from Vienna, and we are here with Brandy. Just check it out the strat Strategic Hotbox, okay? <laughs> Cheers, guys. Bye. Hi everyone, this is Lena Giacomopoulos. I'm coming to you from Thessaloniki, Greece. So welcome, Kalosirthate. Shout out for the hot box. I uh, hope to see you all very, very soon, whether it is in Thessaloniki here or any part of Greece. Our top five kick-ass. It's our favorite time. Number one, how perfect is this? Do good. Do global good. It's time for you to, to figure out your focus, to figure out what's right for you, and figure out how you can do good in the world to give back. And then the second action item is to volunteer for, and I put dot, 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 but something that you need more of. Maybe you need a little humility in your life. Maybe you need some skills or experience in like event management or leadership or any of those things. Maybe you need a little love in your life. Maybe you need support. Maybe you need any of these things, but volunteer for that and go into that knowing that, right? Say, I need this and then find a volunteer opportunity that'll fulfill that. Number three is to create besties. Uh, Carly framed it in a very cool way of just saying getting out there and building relationships with the community and the people that she and different donors, but also um, just having those relationships with people that are out there because donors matter and they want to be part. They want to feel like they're a part of it, which is kind of cool with the way that they frame with firefighter aid and the the nine eleven uh, stair climb. But then you're you're in it. You're feeling like you're a part of it. Also true when I was giving you the University of Nevada example is creating the relationship with the people that will give back. Number four is ask how to give back to a community that, that helped you. Um, I had my son at St. Rose here in Las Vegas, and um, I'm a huge supporter of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And my son spent a very short time at the NICU. And so I was feeling like I really wanted to give back specifically to that NICU here in Southern Nevada. So I called him and I said, hey, what can I do to help you specifically besides writing a check to Children's Miracle Network Hospitals? And they said, you know what we need? We we need some gently used uh, toys in our in our you know little area for some of the kids that come through, and I'm like done right. So I have two little kids, as you know, two little beefers that have way too many damn toys that I'd be happy to off some of the toys that we have in our house. But it was also a really good experience for them to say I'm giving some of these toys to kids that really deserve it or need it or going through something in their life. So it was a great opportunity for the whole family to go through this process, and all I had to do was pick up the phone and ask. And number five is to practice inclusion. I think that if you are a volunteer organization or people want to be involved in your efforts, let them. Let them get involved. I mean, there's nothing like volunteer internship. There's nothing like free help, right? And if you can't help them, maybe somebody else can, or you can't you know, get the, or, or have the need the help, then I know a lot of other organizations can. And so how can we support and spread the word of other people? There's your top five kick-ass. We'd love to hear from you here on the Hotbox. If any topics that you'd like for us to cover, just hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Strategic Hotbox or Facebook, of course, we're, we're out there or email podcast at strategichotbox.com. Until I see you again, get out there and kick some ass.